0: ain't no regular Taz show. It's the Friday Throwback Snack. <laughs>
1: Friday Throwback Snacks? Mm. Every Friday, Taz takes an inside look at a classic match. <laughs> this is how you kick off a weekend.
2: Alrighty, what's going on? What up, everybody? How you guys doing? Uh, welcome to the Taz Show. Throwback Snack Jones, yeah. rockin' and rolling. Doing it up. As you guys know, thanks for downloading this episode here. appreciate it. From iTunes or Spotify or TuneIn or at Radio.com on the app or on the website or TazShow.com. Much appreciated. Uh, This particular throwback snack, we're going to do this a little bit different than normal. Okay, a little bit different than normal. I want to mix it up a little bit. Um, it's a throwback, that's for sure, and it's a snack, it's a big snack though, because it's, uh, it's probably an o- over an hour worth of content as far as a podcast, um, and what I'm talking about is, uh, I, 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 is lately, like with Paul Heyman, for example, as the advocate for Brock Lesnar and how great of a job he's been doing for so long with Brock as his advocate, or as we would call a manager, which Paul doesn't like. The manager word. Um, I've said that before out here and Paul said it himself to other people. Um, But, um, you know, I get what he's doing. But uh, but anyway, um, I I just figured like, you know what? Um, Let's pull out a throwback. Let's pull out uh, a little HPM. Let's pull out a little fancy draft edition. Let's pull out an HPM fancy edition. Number three, I think this was Top 10 managers of all time Yo, that's a throwback That's a throwback And I have not heard this From the last time when we recorded it I believe it was myself, the KFJ Seth And my good friend And professor Mike Tanay I'm 99.999% sure he's in this I didn't check it, I don't have to check it If he's not in it, he's not in it But I think Mike was in this So, I don't know I just felt like it's a throwback let's get into this little fantasy draft let's you know a lot of there was a lot of new fans of the tag show that maybe never heard the hpm days the human podcast machine days so maybe once in a while and we'll see how much if you guys like this i mean because you know the i love calling the uh, the doing the, giving you commentary on on old classic matches Or even instant classics. And I'll keep doing that down the road for sure. I'm not like abandoning that, but I wanted to try this because it, you know, there's, I don't know how to word this. I mean, I think there's, there's also less work involved here with this for you guys. It should be an easy listen for you guys. So if you have to sit and watch a match to get the best experience of me doing a throwback snack, that could be a little clunky and you know some of you guys might not have the ww network and uh you know so then maybe i'll try my best like i said to grab stuff on youtube but that doesn't always work out so it's like it's, sometimes it goes back to ww network like I'll, I'll find a match there better that i like to call so um i figured let let's let's maybe let some of the uh the fans that maybe never heard of even podcasts she or Maybe they're new to the task show, like I said. There's been a lot of years and a lot of episodes here. And now, for some of you cats that have been with me for the whole while, um, I appreciate that. And I love you. You know that. And maybe some of you guys are like, oh, snap. We got a little HPM, old school classic. I'll listen to this again. You know? I mean, because, hey, some people like watching reruns. Look at Seinfeld. <laughs> Holy shnikes. I watch Seinfeld still. And that show is older than dirt. You kidding me? I mean, I'm not comparing my content to Seinfeld's content. I mean, he's the king. I get it. But I'm not too shabby with some of these uh, HPMs. There's some pretty, pretty good stuff right there. So if you notice what I just did right there. But yeah, so I I don't know. we, We had a meeting, a couple of meetings, several meetings, about 10 meetings, maybe 15. We had six people. Then it grew to nine to 10 and 15. Pimento showed up. He yelled at everyone. I wanna I'm gonna I'm H T is the M Mr. I love that shit. You know, so you know, that's what we're gonna do. And like I said, Paul Heyman's making a lot of noise as a manager. I do think and hope that one day soon managers make a return to the business. I think there's a good chance it could happen. Uh you see the great stuff that uh that we got going on in NXT that the uh, you know, we got the what's her name, Selena Vega. The stuff she's doing with my man uh Cian, I'm on Amars. You know, the great stuff that she's doing. I mean, uh, who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Oh, well, Paige, but she can't work anymore. But she's kind of in a a weird role like that, too. I mean, uh, that maybe will turn into. I just think there's a place for this, especially like with Ronda Rousey. You could see someone end up managing her. You know, some people think, oh, Paul Heyman would be great to do that. Maybe. I mean, in my talks with Paul offline, I know and Brock, they just you know love working together, and they keep it exclusive, and that's where smart and Vince uh, does that, and Paul's very lucky he allows that they allow him to do that. Just he's exclusive to Paul uh, to Brock. It's uh, it's a package, so um, you know, I I I think that's great, and and Paul's lucky for that. That's that's good stuff. Uh, So, uh, but anyway. you know, I think this particular podcast, this HPM fancy Draft Edition, I want to say la 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 I'm trying to think of how long it is. It's definitely over an hour, so you're getting a good amount of content here. You entitled son of a bitches. But anyway, um I hope you guys like it. I mean, and for those that are new to it. I think you're gonna really dig it and uh, and and feel free to get get a hold of me on uh, on the twitter tell me what you guys think uh I, I try to check as many as i can on those messages as you guys know sometimes i i just can't get on there or i'm just too busy or i just need to take a break from social media doing my other show with uh, mark lucas taz and the moose along on cbs sports radio and sirius uh, xm along with doing the Taz show so uh, along with trying to have a life you know so <laughs> it's just, i'm doing a lot of work um so sometimes I might disappear on, on social media Or I might miss a message Don't get offended Most of you guys are real cool So, But yeah, I, I hopefully you guys like this uh, Like I said, some of you original HPM fans uh, And people have been with me forever I hope you like this, it. a rerun for you And for some of you newer cats uh, This is like, oh, this is pretty cool Let me check this out uh, But first and foremost uh, Before I go to break and we get into And, and then let you guys hear this HPM Let me uh, let you guys know That's support for the TAS Show, comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, this company decided to ask why. Why can't the mortgage experience be better for everyone? And why can technology help us all move into our home of our dreams faster and easier? Why do mortgage mortgages require paperwork? Well, see, Quicken Loans answers all of this stuff, and they handle it for you with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage, as you guys know, gives you the confidence that you need when it comes to buying your home or refinancing your existing home loan. And Rocket Mortgage, guys, it is simple. If you're new to it, I'm telling you right now, it's the bomb. It's simple. Okay, it makes you, it helps you, it allows you to fully understand all the details to be confident when you're getting your home, the right mortgage for you. Maybe it's your first home, maybe it's your second home, whatever. Uh, Maybe you're refinancing your existing home loan, whatever it is, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans helps you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. That's Rocket Mortgage. All right, so there you go. So um, sit tight, stand by. Human podcast machine throwback. Definitely throwback. Fantasy draft edition. Top 10 managers of all times. All right, guys, go on a break. Come right back, and you guys will get it. Hope you guys like it. Have a good one, guys. Talk to you. Machine.
0: You're
2: not afraid of a little competition, are you? Alright, hey, all right, boys and girls, here we go. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Edition of HPN, the Human Podcast Machine. My name is Taz, and we're going to cover top managers, top ten all-time managers, Fantasy Draft Edition. If you're not familiar with the way this works... It's all opinionated. It's just opinions. It's myself, my producer Seth, and the one and only Professor Fagus himself, Mike Tenay, the professor. Hello, Mike. How are you, bro? Oh, just, just
1: great. It's like 4 a.m. here in Las Vegas. Ah. If you still haven't figured out this time difference thing, Kaz,
2: you're killing me, would you? What's going listen, on? Listen, dude. Look, man, don't you realize that you people live in the West Coast, the mecca of the United States is the Northeast. Have you not you figured that out? Do
1: you see how much we care in Las Vegas? Vegas. You know, in Vegas at the casinos, no clocks. Did you ever notice that? There's a matter of fact, i let Professor Vegas drop a little knowledge on you here. <laughs> Only one place that you have clocks in Vegas, in Where? the casinos. Where, in bathroom. the race and sports books, because people need to know when the games are starting and when the races are going. Outside of that, the rest of the casino,
2: no clocks, because they don't want you to know what time it is. So you might miss an appointment, stick around and drop an extra couple hundred. Bro, you're like Big Ben. You know, I got to tell you, there's could be another reason why there could be no clocks over there. everybody's broke and drunk. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <The> present <laughs> company included.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, let's do top managers. So here we go. Wait a minute. Wait, before wait, you... want to air man, any grievances? any grievances? Managers, Is there, I, hold on. i got to get something off my Is, chest. You have so I'm, a grievance. I'm a little
1: bit hot. Matter of fact, you know what? I am DMV line hot. <laughs> ah, you, know know what, you know what I mean? DMV I know what that line means. hot. Yep. Listen to this. I sent your producer, Seth, a text recently. Congratulations on the success of the Human Podcast Machine. People really seem to like the fantasy uh, episodes,
2: right? It's called Fantasy Draft Edition, Fantasy
1: Draft Edition.
2: Yeah, fill in the blanks.
1: (laughs) So, you know, you sit back, you expect a reply like, oh, appreciate your involvement, The fantasy shows, can't wait to do future shows, right? You know what I get instead? Nothing. Really happy with my picks.
2: Oh my God! You, yeah, agenda. Let me let me, let me let me get this off my chest.
1: Typical like agenda. DMV line hot, bro.
0: Yeah, DMV hot. He
1: no. then proceeds to run down stats for me. He says, "You know, since I picked him, Dolph Ziggler's the Intercontinental Champ." Oh my I said, God! Huh? He said, Cesaro's on a four-match winning streak. <laughs> Seth, said, are you fuck. Seth, did he said, he said, you really you do this? Me, I, I love what they're doing with my man Miz. He, he said everything except the Usos are hitting three thirty-three with runners in scoring position.
0: <laughs> hey, don't forget about Rusev, my main man. Oh, the, oh that, I knew it. I thought about uh, Miz was your main man. This
1: guy, this guy acts like somehow he's influenced Vince McMahon's booking. I think I
2: have. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he
1: just thinks that
2: he's winning money like this is some high-stakes fantasy. Football. Or maybe he's just a friggin' idiot. How about <laughs> that part? A little <laughs> well, bit of everything. I'm not
1: going to disagree with. Seth,
2: Are you? did you really... Why would you not... Say a thank you, Mike. You're a big part of it. Of course, Taz is the reason why this motorboat rolls the way it does. Why would you not do that type thing and put me over more than anyone?
0: I don't know. You guys are the baby faces. You need to heal here, right? Oh,
2: right.
1: Really <laughs> happy with my picks. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then,
0: then, then there's only one other topic. Other day on Twitter, I make a casual
1: mention. Looking forward to our podcast. We're going to pick the bad You know what he tweets back? What? Do your homework! Exclamation point! To you. To, to me. Are do you kidding? No, let me ask you one thing, Taz. E C D C W days, right? Yeah. Did you ever have Amish Roadkill come up to you in catering and say, you know, I think, I think Taz,
2: you need to work on your suplexes a little bit. No, we know why? We didn't have catering. But I hear
1: <laughs> did you. Did you ever have Donnie Allen barge into your locker room and say, I think you need to get a little snugger on those submissions. You might want to do your... I'm, I'm DMV
2: line hot, bro. I hear you. Donnie Allen, by the way, PW Inside... Uh, PW Inside... VW, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, number 500. Remember that? There you you go. Big gimmick. I'll put that on the resume. Seth, I mean, how could you handle not just our... Special guest on these editions a Fantasy Draft, Mike today but he's a personal friend of mine, and and he's a professor. I mean, well, not really, but he's like a genius in the business. But now once you get to know Mike, he's real. He's the furthest thing from any kind of professor.
1: So, do your homework! Exclamation point.
0: Do you want to apologize now or later? Um. I don't want to apologize. I want him to be prepared. I want I oh the show God. to be the best. Oh, oh my God. Boy. I love Professor <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> it was, was out of love. love. Oh Come on. God. I love you, Professor. You're on your own, kid. On your own. DMV
1: line hot. Just remember
2: that.
0: DMV. Department of Motor Vehicles.
1: Here we go. Let's those go to the managers. Are oh, you ready, Mike? You, you know, I'd like to kick the managers off Jesus. if I could, because I can have a but, wild Well, first card of all, I did 10. listen,
2: Mike, I, I got a problem with you now, okay? So, being that we're all airing grievances here. This is like a Seinfeld episode. You know, I'm, I'm never fest- gonna
1: get to the managers.
2: Yeah, no, because I, you know, I, you, you try to take over my show. You're like, ah, oh, let's get to the managers now. No, Mike, no, no, no. We're gonna get well, to the managers. I, just, when know, I, I have want have to get, a get wild to. card at number
1: ten. I wanted to spring on
2: you. All right, go ahead, go. Ahead. Let's get to the managers. Top ten, managers. Can, yeah, we, go can we
1: go managers now? The order we're go and ten down to one. Please, Seth, by the way, uh,
2: hold on, uh, Mike. I know. I Once right. I said that for Seth, I you know sh- you did. Oh my God! All right, Mike. We're going to go like this. The typical order. It's going to be Tanae first, yeah. Seth uh, second. I got confused what number came after one. <laughs>
1: you in the cleanup spot at three. I got yeah, it. I'm right. Yeah, I'm free. Now,
2: and the sure. thing, for those out there, fans or anybody listening, when you're going to tweet at any of us and rip us for these picks, or the order of them, again, as I said, this is all organic. I don't know Seth's re- uh, list. I don't know I don't know today's list. These dudes don't know my list, and we might miss some. We might not. I don't know. This is all opinionated. This is not written in stone anywhere. It's not the 11th Commandment. Trust me.
1: Now, Top 10 Wrestling Managers. So when I'm looking at the managers, yeah. I say to myself, I think I'm probably going to have all men's managers. Okay, well, and I'm glad you said that. Hold on, hold on. Wait, hold no, on. Can, I, wait, can I not finish a sentence? You put me in the starting gate. You put me in the number well, one. because pod. you're
2: going to take credit but, for my idea. You can't even get out of the starting gate. No, because this is getting edited. Okay, because I forgot to mention... Yeah, right. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Wait, you forgot to mention where well, we have rules now all of a sudden? <laughs> yes, because there there's a little bit of a caveat here. In these top managers, this is not females. What? No, it's not. We well, got Tunney all of a sudden changes the rules after the fact. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. this female managers will be handled when we do. Oh, wait a minute.
1: Female managers will be handled. <laughs> I can't talk about, that, can't talk here, about that, that here. I can't talk about that
0: I'm going to HR right now. Yeah. That'll be. <laughs> that'll be handled when so we. you're killing my.
2: You're killing my number ten pick. I, well, I, the I, whole I, idea behind this pick was I think if there was
1: one female manager slash ballet. Okay, you
2: have to say the name, right? Then, you you have, to have to say it that
1: God. could break through it would be Sherry Martell okay. and I think Sherry Martell would be so complimented right. with the fact that because of her ability oh, to get God. involved in the matches to a different level than the other valets that she's the one that breaks
2: through okay. and should be on this list okay I know that Mike and I and I yeah. don't disagree but let, let me finish because you're going to get banned from this whole show I'm just oh, letting I you know that. So.
0: No, that's, <laughs> that,
1: that, that means <laughs> I get my, if, if I get banned my pay gets doubled double. <laughs> He's like, I hope zero so. Is
2: zero. No, because Seth, I'm sorry to say this, Mike, Seth is one step ahead of you, because he texted me last night before you text me, and he was talking about Sherry Martell, the great Sherry Martell. And, and I said, no, 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 we're going to do all males, not females, and he bitched about it, too. I'm like, look, this is my show. Where's the confusion? Yeah, the whole idea behind this is
1: there's no rules, no guidelines, and now all of a sudden no, no. You're, throwing, you're throwing this out. There are Come
2: rules. On. No, the rules are, this is top managers, all males, female managers will be handled, When we go over our list down the road of valets, it's a very simple thing. Because there's a fine line between a valet and a female manager.
1: Oh, you're not kidding. And that's where I think Sherry Martell's the one that just busts through at number 10. But Okay, so you're going to make me change my pick now at 10?
2: Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my person that just was outside the top ten list. You throw me a curveball here. Well,
2: you're going to have I, your honorable mention, because I have an honorable mention. Seth, you have honorable mention, too, yes, right? we will do that at the end of this. Can we please get rolling? We've got five minutes for this whole show.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, number ten I'm going to put in, then, as uh, Gary Hart. Very, very interesting nice. manager. Sort of started off as a Bobby Heenan copy, playboy Gary Hart. Really evolved with that character once he uh, had the ability to be involved, I think, with the booking. Uh, some in Florida with Dusty and Texas Texas as well with world-class. So I'm going to put Gary Hart in the number 10 slot, but with an asterisk and a caveat that I wanted to have Sherry Martel in there, but we'll address that at another time.
2: Wah, 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 wah. Wow, 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 wow. Constantly cried. Yeah, well, uh, Gary Hart, big respect. I mean, he was kind of a weird kind of guy, bald-headed guy with a mustache. You know, it made his fame in Texas for the most part, right, Mike, in world class. And world-class. Um, and I have him on my honorable mention list, uh, but Gary Hart, uh, Seth, you probably have no idea. Gary Hart, well, I don't believe he was in the WWE ever, so you probably don't know him, Seth. Uh <laughs>
0: Guess what, uh, podcast machine? He's on my list. Oh, wow. A- wow! Back up. You know, you know, hey, hey, here's the th- I'll get into that later. All right, so, <laughs> Seth, what's your number 10 uh, top 10 managers? Uh, top 10 managers. Number 10, I am going with Precious Paul Ellering. Wow. Okay. He, you know, it's amazing that... You know, he fit in with the Road Warriors, and he was a mouthpiece, even though they didn't need a mouthpiece necessarily. But he, he filled that role, and he did it so well. And he just, I don't know, he just fits so well with those guys. Well, and it, he, he was with them for a very long time. I agree. we'll get into Paul
2: O'Reilly. He's on my list also. I'm assuming he's on today's list also. I don't think you're doing him a good service at 10, in my opinion. Okay? So, I don't like your pick at 10 there. That's he, fine. He deserves
0: to be higher. All right. So, here's my <laughs> – you like that, Mike? I'm telling the guy what to pick. Do we have your number 10 yet? Wait, my, right, just Changed my L ring is now number
2: seven. (laughs) How
0: about the one (laughs) list we did, and I forgot to give a number two? Yes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I did, Mike. I'm two. And I got heat for it. <laughs> you should. You're the producer. <laughs> I am the producer, you're but producer. I know yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know producer. You got one big button. you hit it, bam, boom.
1: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> <All> I <right, laughs> love it. I've seen producers in the past go up at that point.
2: Yeah, You got to put the, the heat camera. on
0: them. I didn't know he couldn't count to 10 anymore from those chair shots. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm lucky can
2: count to five. All right, here's my number 10. Skandar Akbar is my number 10. Uh, you know, I think he was very underrated. Uh, another guy who had big fame for many years and world class in Texas. I think, you know, he, he created a lot of Here's the thing, guys. I mean, you know, the key, and you notice, Mike. I mean, I don't know. If Seth might notice. The key with a manager is sometimes he's the mouthpiece of the talent. If the talent's not a good talker, but sometimes he's just a heat magnet to get heat on a guy that can't get heat. And I think a guy like like Akbar was very good at that. He got instant heat, what the the Arab gimmick and all. I just I was a fan of his his heat abilities.
1: Interesting. I do not have Skandor Akbar on my top 10, but uh, like, like you said, very interesting person and very influential for many years in
2: Texas. All right. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have him on your list, Mike. I'm actually a little disappointed in you, also, Mike. So
1: look, so this list is subjective. You just gave a, a 10 minute uh, <laughs> uh, intro about people and not, not not chopping down other people because of their list, and then the first thing we're right out of right out of the box. Boom, you're on me. We're well, on to a great start
2: nine. here. We're rolling. We're not even at nine yet. We got heat. <laughs> we got heat everywhere. All right, so number nine for today. Go. I'm going to go with Captain Lou at number
1: nine. Wow. You know, when I think of Lou Albano, you, you, you think of the, just totally the difference in the WWWF as opposed to WWE of today. Vince McMahon Sr. relied so heavily on the managers in that area. He had his unholy trinity, and I think we'll, we'll hit probably everybody involved in that that group of three managers yep. at, at some point here. But it, it was so different from the mindset of today and the mindset of a Vince McMahon in terms of, of how they use the managers. They, I mean, WDB went for years, really, without having much in the way of managers. And, of course, we've seen the resurgence with the Paul Heyman role, even to the point where Paul Heyman these days is an advocate, as oh, opposed yeah. to being a manager. That That's how much things have changed. But anyway, Captain Lou, amazing body of work. I put him at number nine.
2: Yeah, well, the kid, kid I mean, Lou Albano was one of the greatest of all time. Uh, actually was a very good uh, worker back in the day, I believe. Correct, Mike?
1: The Sicilians tag team with Lou Albano and Tony Alpamore.
2: yes I worked for Savoldi and Altamore back in the day and I'm still waiting on those checks but I digress <laughs> I digress alright so
0: go ahead Seth who's your number 9 my number 9 you guys probably have him a little higher on your list so I'm sure I'm getting in trouble for it uh, James J. Dillon who uh, mm. led the four horsemen I mean the four horsemen is the, the most popular biggest faction in the history of wrestling in my opinion um, and he as a young guy as a young kid in my you know 12 whatever years old I was a believer and, you know, and he seemed like he was the businessman. Like he was the mind right, behind right. the Forrestman. I bought in completely well, to that. And, and
2: you know what? I, I have JJ on, uh, he was great, no doubt. And I have him actually, on believe it or not, on my honorable mention. I don't even have him on my top 10. But I will tell you this what JJ did, so impressive, is he was with the Four Horsemen. That was his big fame, obviously. And he was with a bunch of cats that could talk. And, you know, he still had that, you know, one of the best talkers ever in Ric Flair or on Anderson, you know, and Tully was a good promo. I mean, just saying, like, and, and he still was a. a Powerful presence as a pro wrestling manager with guys that could talk. That was impressive.
1: Boy, I tell you what, you just took all my steam at number eight pick.
2: (laughs) There
1: you go. That's my entire rep for JJ at number eight, but you finish off number nine first, Taz. Okay,
2: number nine for me is Precious Paul Ellering. So, oh, number
0: nine. I, I screwed up with number ten and P- precious Paul, and he has him at nine. <laughs> Jesus, oh, sorry. You know, I, you know, I need to go back and uh, watch some uh, maybe, some maybe, old maybe footage. This all of
1: a sudden, be a top three for you guys, right? right hey, anything listen, anything outside the top three may be, uh, be over expanding your boundaries. Oh, jeez, uh, I actually New York, New York City school system line two. <laughs>
2: Here's the thing. I had Paul Ellering. I was a big fan of his. I was a big fan of Road Warriors. But I had Paul Ellering actually higher, and then I moved him to nine. I have my reasons. I'll get into later. But you know, I, I gotta say something about Paul Ellering. I, I've really, when he went to the WWF with the Road Warriors, they obviously they they booked the Road Warriors different than they were booked for so many years. But when he had that friggin' puppet or whatever it was on his arm, remember that, Mike? Oh boy, do I ever! I mean, how do you take Paul Ellering? He just had this. This vernacular His inflection The way he spoke He was friggin' great With he, the Wall Street Journal Yeah That's right Let's give That's him a gu- I, I, I almost I don't want to curse Let's give him a Puppet on his arm <laughs> Like he's Friggin' a ventriloquist <laughs> What a rip <laughs> no, you know, We'll do we'll Gary a Gary What's that?
1: I said, all of a sudden, he's Terry Fader. <laughs> America, America's got talent. Yeah, that's how they from back then. Hey, years ago. You know,
2: let's give Dusty Rhodes black and white polka dots. Let's rip the guys that were star. I mean, that's what it was. It was kind of goofy back then. You know, it's different now. But yeah, yeah it was inside Rips, as you know today.
1: Well, especially because it was it was not someone who was homegrown. If, if you weren't homegrown from their organization, almost called it a territory, which it wasn't back in the day, right. from their organization,
2: it almost seemed like you were going to pay the price. I it? wouldn't know anything about that. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, so let's go on to number eight so I can be a nice man here. you done today. You're eight. ready you, for number
1: you, eight. You, Come you, on. Took, you took all my steam away with J.J., but what you said about J.J. Dillon is exactly what I was thinking. Here you have this amazing group of talkers. You have Ric Flair, arguably you know, the best talker in the business. You can make that argument. You've got Art Anderson right there with him. Yep. Tully sitting right there to drive the point home. Yet, J.J.'s persona was so... So strong, he had the perfect look for the four horsemen, and then also had that heat involvement at ringside. You knew that shoe was going to come into it to, to play at, <laughs> at, at some Got point that. in the match. Yeah. Uh, just, just loved what JJ Dillon added to an already incredibly credible group. But uh, that's number eight, JJ Dillon. All
2: right, all right. Well, right, right. that's yep. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, again, I have him on honorable mention. You guys both have him on the top ten. I wonder if I did JJ uh, D- the service.
0: Well, we'll find out. Let's see who else you have. Well, let's see who else. So, Seth has at number eight here. What do you got? I got the captain, Captain Lou Albano at number eight. <clears throat> and, you know, as a younger guy, you know, he came out with the Samoans. He he was a larger-than-life character. He had rubber bands in his, piercing, yeah, yeah. his cheeks. I mean, he was a big cartoon character, and he, had, he all right. talked all his verbal think, diarrhea.
1: Think of involvement in the Cindy Lauper videos, too, in terms of mainstream appeal for Captain Lou. Right.
2: Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Okay. My number nine—I'm sorry, my number eight—is also Lou Albano, so I'm scared that I picked the same thing that, that Seth did. Oh. But I want to say this about Lou Albano to both you guys anybody that was nice enough to download or subscribe and listen to, to this edition of Fancy Draft Edition. Here's my thing with Lou Albano. I've done my respect for the guy and what he's done as a wrestler, and then segueing to his massive success as a manager. But this was my thing with him. I felt it was too much of him. Now I feel like there's a fine line Now I'm speaking as a wrestler here Okay, There's a fine line When a manager can steal that spotlight From you And, 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 and that's what I think And I don't think he meant to do it But that's what I think Captain Lou Albano did He was such a larger than life character That he sometimes outshined His wrestlers
1: love that analysis and that's one of the reasons i think that we have him down towards the lower part of the top 10 i
0: really do i, I, think, I think you're just he, jealous cuz you didn't think of saying what i just said mike oh, what the hell <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? You know what though? You have to take into account that he was managing teams like the Moon and the Samoans, who didn't talk at all. So now listen, don't let the facts get in the way of good stories, Seth. All right, so uh, <laughs> that's a good point. Actually, <laughs> pardon <of laughs> me, I didn't think of that part.
2: Uh, but no, but he was just such—he really was a larger-than-life, uh, you know, character. Okay, we got thirty seconds left in the whole show. So, uh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a joke.
1: Thanks for listening to the fantasy draft edition of the Human Podcast Machine.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.in.
1: And now, back to the Fantasy Draft with Taz. All
2: right, so number seven. All right, do you have a number seven today, you are you going to cry about the girls? I have a number seven.
1: Do your homework, exclamation point. <laughs> number, number seven, I have Paul Bear oh at number God. seven. Main reason being that I think... He added so much to the persona and the character development in the early stages of the Undertaker's run, and I think he was he was so instrumental in getting that character pushed off at the outset, and eventually, you know, just just taking that character to the to the level that it that it is today. So I put Paul Bear at number seven.
0: What do you got, Seth? I was just surprised. Well, I'll get back to it with uh, Paul Bear. But at number seven, I have Gary Hart, who uh, Tane mentioned earlier. And th- the thing that stuck out with me with Gary Hart, I remember him managing the Great Kabuki. And he really was serious, and he was scary. He I was mean, scary. He, he was, had like yeah. a dark, sinister That's what I was saying. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very believable. And, and you know, I've I've learned a little bit more about him in recent years. And he he wrote a book before he died, and I heard the book is really good. It's very hard to find. So if anybody has a book out there, I got to tell you, Seth, I'm very impressed because,
2: I you know, Mike, I give behind the scenes, I give Seth a hard time about that he's just basically a WWE fan and knows nothing else. I assume that his total fandom was via. You know uh, WWE and Google, like you know, So he just knows from Google, but he actually seems like he knows all of these bullshit and one or the other. I don't well, know. Well, I, I think what's
1: happening here is because of the the involvement of you and I in, the, in these uh, oh, fantasy podcast, he's sort of thinking outside the box. I think what's happening here is <laughs> that's we're off on him. That's my. That's my.
2: That right there, folks, was the real Mike tonight.
1: He. <laughs> See, that was serious. Hey, big all, baby all, face. All, all play-by-play guys are baby oh, yeah. faces. You he know
2: just, that. <laughs> that. was Mike today.
0: That's all I want to say. Uh, for the record, I read every wrestling magazine for 10 plus years. I watched every wrestling I could find. Southwest Championship, world-class, Florida Championship right. on the Spanish Channel. Right. Give me a break. Well, well, we'll, when we do a podcast about Seth, then we'll <laughs> get
2: into that. Then, then. Get the,
0: then you get the big ratings. Yeah, so we'll by
1: the way, we won't <laughs> hold our breath for that one. Yeah,
0: that's, that's not coming anytime well, soon. Well, Gary Hart was a
2: very believable, scary guy. All right. Well, I agree with you on that. I definitely, that's what I was saying earlier. And I have, and my number seven, I, I have Paul Barrow also today, like you. And I, I you know, uh, again, this is a guy that, you know, got his big fame with, obviously, The Undertaker. So, um, uh, box office drawing duo was Undertaker and Paul Barrow. I don't think Paul Barrow got enough of the credit, you know, um, for that big push and success that Taker had uh, all those years. You know what I mean? Beautifully
1: said. Like I like I talked about, just got that character rolling, and uh, amazing too the fact that that Bill Moody, Paul Bear was actually in the funeral home business.
2: Yes, that's right. I forgot to say that.
1: Talk about that natural transition to your character. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about number six?
2: Uh, yeah. All right, guys.
1: Hollywood fashion plate, the classy one himself. I've got Freddie Blassie wow. at, at, at number I'm six. I'm
2: surprised you don't have him higher. I just want to say that because I know your respect towards, towards Blassie. But, guy, yeah, continue.
1: Well, you know, I do have the respect to Blassie. He was one of those guys that I grew up with in, in Southern California. And just a lot, lar- you talk about larger than life. That oh, was yeah. Freddie Blassie. But I think his, his ability as a wrestler, never one of those guys bell to bell that's going to impress you with his, his mat technique. But his ability, bell to, bell to bell, to be able to draw heat and draw fans unparalleled uh, for 20, 30 years in Southern California. As a, as a manager, I, I always thought that, that he was great on the microphone, great with the stick, uh, didn't really have that physical involvement. So that's probably why I have him at number six. But all, wow. you know, mad respect for Freddie wow, for Uh
2: Mike, um, that was a pretty good explanation. I'm actually impressed with that. Oh, not bad. Well, that's one i <laughs> <laughs> Mark that. Now, please, Seth, please, mark that on the tape. No, that would mean uh, Seth would have to write something, and that's a struggle for him. Yeah. He's already hit the button. Feed her up on the, I know. Let's
0: the go. guy's the worst note-taker ever. I'm mad at both of you right now, just to tell you. And you know what? I don't care. I, I don't care, that. but you're going to care when I tell you. All right. I had number 6, also of Paul Bear, but I cannot believe, especially today, you guys did not mention his former character, Percy Pringle, at all. Mm. This well, guy...
1: You know, we can't say everything. It's, it's, this is only a one-hour
0: podcast. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice backpedal, today. Well, good. Talk about Pringle. That's a good point. It's yeah, a good I mean, point. this guy Mike won't put you over, but I will. He had a completely different look and a completely different character from Paul Bear, and he had a lot of success as Percy Pringle, I believe, in Florida and world-class. He was a manager for many years, and to convert himself and to change and morph into this Paul Bear character was amazing. It was probably the biggest transformation any manager ever made. Okay, I, I agree. Okay, look, that's, that's, and that's, I'm going to put good. you over. You
1: know, all of a sudden, I may be rethinking my uh, text to you about getting Seth off, off of these podcasts. Seth did a good
2: job right there. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies Not and bad. gentlemen, a new host <laughs> of the Human Podcast machine, Seth. <laughs> um, thank you. very much. <laughs> I digress. All right. So, good job, Seth, on that. Uh, you schooled Mike today. I was very impressed that you schooled him like that. Uh, I knew everything you just said. I was going to say it. Do your homework.
0: <laughs> thank you, and good night. <laughs> yeah, quit while you're ahead. All right. So, uh we moving on to number eight? Or no. <laughs> number six. So six. For you, buddy. I need a roadmap. Uh, psh, psh,
2: number six. I am going to go with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Um Look, part of being a great manager you have to get under people's skin as a heel manager, I should say. Um, and Jimmy Hart with the megaphone, uh, Jimmy Hart with the, the way he talked, his super high energy, high octane, loaded on caffeine, whatever he was doing, he, it was just uh, you know, it just it just resonated through the TV back in the day. He another guy who created so much heat for anybody he wrestled from years back in Memphis before he got to WWF and all that stuff. And uh, actually, one of the greatest guys you're ever going to meet today. I know you know. Him. Jimmy better than me. I know Jimmy pretty good, but not like you. Maybe you could talk a little bit about Jimmy, but uh, one of the nicest guys you've ever met in your entire life, but just a, a great mouthpiece. I tell you what, natural
1: transition, because I have Jimmy Hart at number five, so Perfect. this works out pretty well. Hey, baby, hey, baby. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. You, you talked about the energy this guy has in terms of on camera. He has the exact same energy, exact same persona uh, behind the curtain. Uh, and in terms of, of, of hitting the, the trifecta, who else do you know was able to work for independent promotions, TNA and WWE all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think anyone else in the history of the business has been able to do this. It just shows you the respect that people have behind the scenes for someone like the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. I put him at number five.
2: Yeah. He always had that positive energy backstage, kind of like me, that positive energy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, okay. That Matter of fact, has a ball of positive energy. I've <laughs> said it many times.
0: All right. You, you guys go. look alike too. I tried. <laughs> uh, who goes? Seth, you go at uh, number five. You guys are really busting my chops. That's a, but all right, Taz is gonna be really pissed now because Taz had Jimmy Hart number six, and uh, Professor had at number five. And now I have Jimmy Hart number five, three Jimmy? in a row. Jimmy Hart. I guess I can add one thing that you guys didn't mention that he's also a very talented uh, musician and songwriter.
1: Great, and and think think about all the ring entrance music that uh, Jimmy Hart provided for wrestlers through the years. That's a great point. Boy, Seth is amazing me today. Uh, I mean yeah. it's
0: amazing what Google can do. Uh, <laughs> Google my ass. I know. I, I have a, I'm, I'm very knowledgeable in the music business. He was part of the. Entries and they had a, they had a big hit keep back on in the dancing, day. Baby, look, that's right. Keep on dancing. Dude. It's all. I don't listen, dude. I'm looking you in your eye like a man. Okay, that's yep. Google. No, it's not. You're a liar. I'm not a liar. All right. I'm
2: sorry, Jesus. Folks. I, I'm getting you know
0: hot. We need a break. I'm, we don't I'm, need a break. We're good. All right, so
2: uh, <laughs> I want to be done with both of you. I want to jump through this window. We're on the 44th floor in Manhattan. Um, <laughs> feel bad for the street. <laughs> nice. All right, where are we? We're at five. I'm up, right? Yeah. I think I'm going to pop somebody on here you guys might not have. Today might have them. The Grand Wizard.
1: i tell you what, I, he's my next pick, but you start
2: first, and then I'll follow up. Do you have the Grand Wizard on there? Wow, I'm not surprised, actually. I shouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, I have the Grand Wizard on there. I think that... You know, younger fans aren't familiar with him. Uh,
0: That's why when I looked at Seth said the Grand Wizard, it was almost like crickets. Yeah, because I don't know about superstar Billy Graham, the Sheik. I don't know about those guys. Wow.
2: Oh, man, bro. I got to tell you, Mike, I'm doing a job
0: here with this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He's good? He's good. good. He's good. I'm impressed. I'm flattered. I'm proud of the guy. Everything. Stand the man, Stasiak. Come on all day. Dude, he's not looking at paperwork. He's just coming off the top of his head.
2: Yeah,
1: come on. Love it. Love it. And I I also have him in number four, uh, Ernie Roth. Yep. Uh, Whether you call him Abdullah Farouk, which was his managing name uh, for the Sheik, (laughs) primarily in Los Angeles. He got you there. there. Look at Seth.
2: He's like, oh, really?
1: And then, then of course, he was the Grand Wizard for Vince McMahon Sr. for years. He also, I believe, uh, is credited as being the primary inspiration for Paul Heyman yes uh, I, I believe you're I right Paul, Paul Heyman followed you know the, that, that unholy trinity And now we've hit them all with, with uh, Ernie Roth the Grand Wizard Freddie Blassie and, and Lou Albano
2: well you hit them all I didn't hit them all so don't stooge <laughs> off my <mine>. list <laughs> anyway I have Ernie Roth at number four
0: okay good oh, good job can Ed. I just do my Tene impression sure I have the Grand Wizard just outside my top <laughs> ten. <laughs> That's good. That's uh, good. There's nothing like when a jabroni
2: gets comfortable with the talent. Right, Mike? Oh, what, what, what did I beef about at
1: the top of the podcast? <laughs> right? We, exactly. We created you. a oh, monster.
2: We created a monster. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listen <laughs> to this episode. You are witnessing a monster get created it, it, Created it Seth. It's, it's, it's
1: like a transformation, a metamorphosis here. Seth, oh, can buddy. you
2: edit uh, that uh, that sound effect out of my interview with Joe Blow? Oh, no, you do it, Taz. I'm, I'm too busy. <laughs> okay. That's what's coming up for my future. I have my people call your yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Hey, the human podcast machine will be right back. Taz. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: And now back to the fantasy draft with
0: Taz. Um, My uh, number four. Yeah, got it. go. Thanks. Yes, I'm, I'm. I finally get to say somebody before any of you guys say someone. Uh, Jim Cornette. Is Damn, my that's my number four. Too. <laughs> God, you got me. It's it's, it's, you know, it's slim Pickens are the managers. It's not like wrestlers, We're just yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Uh, you're right about yeah.
2: that. It kind of is slim Pickens a little bit. I uh, uh, yeah. Well, we could talk about corny a little bit.
0: I mean, God, yeah, you. Yeah. Go yeah, Jim Cornette. I mean. Everybody hated him. He, he was so annoying. He was that kid in school. Who was just like you wanted to yeah. slam him against a locker and slap around. He, he got under your skin. He had the loaded tennis racket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and he managed one of the best tag teams of all time. Midnight's man. Midnight Express. No doubt about it. I mean, look, Jim Cornette. I always
2: looked at Jim Cornette as, and it depends on where you want to go with it, the southern version of Paul Heyman. So they, they came up as managers in the same era, and they both had great success. They both were great on the mic. Great personalities. Both controversial people outside of. Of the business too uh, They have so much in common And I don't think They were exactly buddies So uh, <laughs> But uh, You know uh, The Northeast version uh, The Yankee version Is Paul Heyman And Jim Cornette Is the Southern version But Cornette uh, I too Have him at number four uh, Was always a big fan Of him uh, His performance I thought he was great I mean you could even argue I would say that The, the top four or five guys Can even be in, in Number one Out of all these guys Or number two Wouldn't you think Mike I, I think
1: that's really well put, and, and both in terms of what you talked about Heyman and Cornette, and that's going to transition to my number three, which is Paul Heyman. I think both Heyman and Cornette started off as wrestling fans who then were able to get into the wrestling business sort of on the periphery uh with uh their their uh, photo- you know photographic work with writing for the magazines and the like, which allowed them sort of to get their foot in the door. And Paul Heyman, while I have him at number three, I think what you were just saying, Paul Heyman could be number one, and I wouldn't argue in the least if you have Paul Heyman at number one, especially when you take into account Paul Heyman over the course of the past year or two with Brock Lesnar and wow, the yeah. amount. I mean, today's of
2: doing a whole. He's doing a whole show. He's doing uh, a the whole show. T- the amount of TV landscape oh and the amount of
1: TV time that Paul Heyman <laughs> has been able to provide. Great, it, great, great promos on Monday Night Raws in the past year or two. Just amazing. <laughs> Paul Heyman for me at number three.
2: Okay. All right. So now he knows. See, here's the way this works, Seth. Mike knows that I didn't say Heyman yet. And but He know. knows you didn't say Heyman yet. So what he does, it's he's a spot stealer. He steals the whole spot. He's gonna glom it. He's a, as as they say in like lacrosse. I'm a big lacrosse fan. He's a ball hog.
1: Why, means- why do you think I asked for the leadoff? Spot?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: called well well booked, and I'm not surprised. And Damn. that's the real professor, folks, right there. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, well, go ahead, Seth,
0: who's your I hope it's not Paul Heyman because he basically he just, just took the whole wad. So No, and um God rest his soul, he'd be he'd be mad at you if he was here is a classy Freddie Blassie of number three. Nice. Like, number six, are you crazy today? What's go wrong on, you, with you? You pencil neck geek. You pencil neck geek. Just for the fact that he came up with pencil neck geek oh, it, I to I me is, is enough for him to be entirely. I three. agree, I agree. No one got more heat from the fans and insulted the fans. Well, we got a couple other guys come up, but no one yeah. No one quite insulted the fans like Freddie Blassie. He's a legend. Great, yeah. it's just amazing. Love um, the guy. And, and a little side note: one of the best autobiographies I've ever read. I have not read it. I, I'm mad. I, I want to. I'm gonna read it. You
2: read it, Mike? His autobiography? I, I, oh, of course.
1: I'm you sure know, you did. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that uh, as, as I as I read that that uh, the Freddie Blassie book, I remembered so many of the matches, the incidents, the things that happened uh, in Southern California through the years. So it is a great read. Go right ahead, Taz.
0: Oh, pick. thanks, Mike. And oh, for thank, for older, you, f- for newer fans that you want. To know what life was like as a pro wrestler when people thought it was real. L- read his book and see what happened to him. All the, the people, uh, fans attacking him through the through, years.
1: Through acid on him. Oh, yeah. Uh, m- m- many, many Stabbing. things through the years like that. Yeah. It's called
2: Heat, Real Heat. And, and uh, I had people try to attack me. Towards, I think I was one of the one of the rare generations. Was mine like after some ECW shows, I had people trying to attack me. Not just because they didn't like my match, um, but <laughs> <laughs> like an ap- and that was the promoter. That was an apogee. No. <laughs> that's right. Bill Alfonso had your back. It's right. <laughs> A guy that no no, no one's mentioned yet. Um,
1: uh, I'm guessing we're gonna get there with you and Bill Alfonso uh, though, right? We, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, anyway, what was
2: your pick? Uh, um, my number. Uh, what number are you on three? Jesus. My number three is Paul Heyman. Also, I, I would, I you know, so basically everything Mike Tenay said, ditto. Basically, I mean, you know, Tenay said it best about Paul. I mean, it's, it's his staying power, being that he's still not just around, but he's a massive part of of WWE programming. I mean, I, I, in regards to an on-air character, a massive, massive part. Uh, that guy could manage a broomstick and get it over. Um, he managed me, so that's one thing I could say. Uh, the three guys here doing this, I, I was managed by one of these guys. Um, so he managed me uh, in, during the Eastern Championship Wrestling days, and I learned so much. I learned how to speak on the microphone as a performer from Paul Heyman. Wow, that's where I learned, I, I, literally learned. On I did not want to talk, and he said, "No, you you need to be have a, a full service ability. You can't just be one dimensional, you know." And he I did not want to talk and he forced me to learn and and it literally put the microphone in my face and some little adult Dancing establishment in Pennsylvania where we were doing a show at in front of about five people. called Pulsations. That was the name of the place. Um, you nice. know what?
1: I see a future Taz Tales coming right there.
2: Uh, Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe just tease at this
1: point. I don't, I don't
2: give uh, away yeah, too much. Yeah, So that's anyway, that's a, Taz that's Tales, right? Yeah, there. that's it. That's it. Obviously, Mike's a big fan of HPM. So, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, you know, being that he books it and he's the lead announcer on it, he should be a fan of it. So, um, <laughs> so. Yeah, Paul Heyman, I think it's just because he's still around. He's so over. Um, He's got so much heat. He's just, you know, really. And I got to say, back to Jim Cornette. If Jim Cornette was still, like, let's say, in the WWE and he was a manager... He could still do what he used to do, by the way. I don't want people to think that. I'm saying, Heyman's at the staying power, but Corny doesn't. I do know. Mike, then you know Corny better I, than me. He could still right. go. Oh, no, no question about that.
1: And, and in terms of Paul Heyman, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, to be able to do it in this era, and like you said, to still have the heat that he has in this era, it's an amazing tribute to, 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 that, to that character and that performer.
0: All right, Mike, um... You're at number two. Yep,
1: we're we're, I just we're winding my it down. It. On, here in
0: the stretch. Number
1: two for man. me is Jim Cornette. Know that you guys have touched on this. The, the, that mama boy, mama's boy persona, uh, just magnified. And, and those of us that know Jim Cornette too know that the character that you're seeing is Jim Cornette himself, just ratcheted up. Yep. And and what have we said through the years? Whether it's Ric Flair, whether it's a Randy Savage, or, or whatever that character is, the better that you are in terms of. You Using what you really have Extension of
2: you. you Extension of you
1: Yeah, exactly And I think that's what Jim Cornette is And uh, Is just so amazing In terms of Of his Speaking ability Back in the day With the Midnight Express And Jim Cornette for me Is a very strong number two
2: Yeah, and And I got a funny feeling boys That Our number one Is all the same So <laughs> <laughs> And 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 I actually Seth When we do that And again Guys Listen to this Guys and gals You know, look I know there's a lot of the same names on here Just in different And it's just it, And it's not a coincidence We didn't look at each other's notes And we never do Like I said when we do these shows So the, There's a reason why we're all saying the same names Because these There wasn't like I think Seth you said earlier Like the wrestlers Where there's a, a whole bunch of guys you could name you know, it's just like uh, it's a smaller pool. I'm more interested now to hear honorable
0: mention lists. Mm-hmm. To yep. be honest with you, good, I like that. Yeah, so so who goes number two? Seth, you're up. Yeah, um, I was going back and forth between number one and number two, and I ended up uh, probably going the same way you guys did, and I went number two, Paul Heyman. I think one of the things we could say that you guys didn't say is he's probably doing his best work now as a manager advocate. I don't know.
1: I think you could maybe. You're talking about just uh, in terms of his on screen character.
0: The promos he's doing are just the best promos in the company right now.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I
0: want to flag, I want to discuss this. All right, go ahead. Don't just move on because you right. don't see that set. It's don't, not my show. It's not, not your thing. show,
2: and you don't know as much as me. Okay. So <laughs> that's <laughs> humble. <laughs> So, <laughs> look, man, when Paul Heyman was managing the Dangerous Alliance and guys like, oh, geez, I mean, Steve Austin and Rick Rude and Mike Help Me, Larry Zabisco, I mean, some, some of the greatest talkers ever, right? He's managing these cats. Paul was, man, he had insane heat. Different era. So for you guys to both say, and Mike, I'm lumping you in with Seth because you kind of agree with Seth. For you guys to say that Heyman's doing his, I think his work he's doing now is amazing. I don't know, man. He's done some great work as Paul E. Dangerously back in the
0: day. I mean, a different era. I don't know if I'd say which was better. I don't think you could just say he's better now. I, I don't think so. Maybe maybe because there are no other managers. That's why it seems like it's magnified. You know?
2: Well, it well, was what's-his-name. Uh, Dutch Mantel was doing a the gimmick there. He's not with WWE, right? Is he doing that anymore? I don't see him. I haven't well, seen him.
1: I, I know that they, they, had an, they had an angle where he was injured backstage. Uh, so, you know, as far as Dutch's involvement right now, I'm not exactly sure. But again, while well, well Dutch is Zeb Coulter and, and, you know, th- through the years has done a great job there, didn't really, it wasn't really put in the, that Paul Heyman position. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but, but that being said, once you're put in that position and the way that you deliver week after week and the extensive promos okay. that he does, I don't know that I would disagree with Seth when Seth says that he may be doing his best work ever. It's, it's, a, it's amazing to me okay. every week. So, I, you know what? Seth makes a pretty good
2: point. Uh, I mean, he doesn't I mean, make you know a good said. point. My ass. <laughs> Listen to me. Here's the thing. A couple things. First of all, Seth, I, I have a demand. I know no one here CBS listens to anything I ask for. I make all these demands, and no one does nothing, right? So, I have a, I want a flag. I want a yellow. I don't care if it's a pocket square. I want it to be yellow because when we do these things, I'm going to throw it up in the air. I'm throwing the flag. I want Tane to know that we're throwing the flag. Okay. I also want Tanae flown in here via coach. I want him flown in here. Wouldn't have it any other way. Middle seat, okay. I want him flown in here. I want him live here, okay, because I want to throw both you guys to a window. Here's the thing: with this whole Paul Heyman's doing better stuff now than ever. Look, man and he is getting now and I, and I love Paul I love his character I'm not knocking Paul Paul you know he's getting so much more of a platform and and his segments are longer he did these great things as Paul e dangerously and WCW and all that stuff in a short little segment, he had like a quick little bite. You know what I mean? Like, so I think he's getting more opportunity, and he's also older, more wisdom. He's better. He's got a lot more life experience. You know what I mean? I so think, I think I think you just made our points. No, I'm not. <laughs> I th- I think but he you guys did a are great just great job of explaining
1: why Seth and I think he's doing his best work. Okay, Mike, I, I,
2: done. I, I, no, you're it. you're rude, Mike, and I think people can see that you're angry and rude, and You're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you're jealous of me, Mike. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're very jealous. We know this. Joel, boy. Truth comes out. No, I, I'm not. I'm making your point, what I'm saying is, I kind of was making a point, but I, I, I'm digressing. I so. No, <laughs> thanks. No, no, but here's the thing I'm saying is, like, I don't think it's just, dude, I hate the throwaway of he's doing so much better work now. It's such a BS line, really. I'd say so much better. I, I said think it's his best. A compliment. You said it's his best. That's even worse. <laughs> no, I so i mean, so much that was an oxymoron.
0: Makes...
2: <laughs> we gotta move on. All right, so who's up? Number two, who... that's you. I go. I'm with Clancy uh, Freddie Blassie. I mean, I, you know, we've talked about Freddie a lot here, and and I and like I said earlier. I mean, with Mike today, Mike knows. I mean, I know he's at mad respect for Freddie. Mike, bring people inside. Uh, don't you have something new on your phone? Or you? I remember uh, i see it in Tina on your <laughs> desktop. Yeah, t- tell tell people what that is. What, what Blassie's face? I do. I do on my telephone. I have Freddie Blassie filing his teeth. Yes,
1: it pops up on my on my my telephone. So it's that's it, awesome. it does my little tribute to uh, to Freddie.
2: That's awesome. That's all. Awesome. That is cool. I always know. I never I look through your phone. I usually take your phone. <laughs> I, I always always catch you going through my bags. <laughs> What's the deal with that? <laughs> Yeah, you, and then, by
1: the f- way, he's the only guy in the history of the business that goes to a meeting every week and never brings a pen.
2: That's me, by the way. That's b yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I have
1: them, and then I just lose them yeah, as sure, I'm walking sure. in the meeting. He's always rifling through my bag to get a pen, supposedly. Hey. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, And <laughs> hey,
0: hey Mike, you must know like a little known fact that uh, uh, Regis Philbin used to fly Blassie in to chase him around the studio when he was a local uh, anchor in, uh, in, all, in Cleveland. That all
1: started in Southern California, it- Google in, in the Google. early 1960s, and, and you know I'm going to go off now for 10 minutes, so Google. you know this is you this going to have to be edited out.
2: I'll be right in back. gonna get 1960s. some soup down the block. Hold on. I'll be right back. Go get some You're soup.
1: Go get a coffee, and <laughs> then come back and we'll, we'll, we'll take. Seth and I'll handle the, yeah. the heavy <laughs> lifting here. In the early 1960s, Regis Philbin had a talk show in San Diego, California, and it was a late night talk show. And and his primary guests, believe it or not, were Freddie Blassie, the Destroyer. Ernie Ladd, who was a San Diego Charger-turned-professional uh, wrestler, football player-turned-wrestler. So that relationship between Blassie and Regis Philbin uh, goes ba- you know, went back to the early 60s. You done? Wow, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> no, it was good. Is there any chance we can have professor's tales?
2: <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> that, so. that won't happen, no. Um, uh, actually, this is the last time you're doing this, because I'm so mad at you, Mike. You have no oh, perfect. So, <laughs> so, all right, look. So, our number one, we know who our number one is. That, know, how great is
1: this that... That the number one is going to be shared amongst all three. Yeah. And I, I don't know that any other category that that's going to happen. Well. But of course it's it's,
2: it's the. Birth. I gotta say, man, I am shocked that all three of us obviously are picking Downtown Bruno as our number one. <laughs> no, I got Bill Alfonso. <laughs> Mike you had a pop on that. <laughs> <laughs> Downtown Bruno. Some people don't know who Downtown Bruno is. I know Seth doesn't. Who is he, Seth? Watch this, Mike. Harvey Wimpleman.
1: Damn I thought you said that. Uh, yeah, oh, did you say it, Mike? Whipple but on my list it was like an echo in here.
2: Wait, wait. Did Mike just say what? When you heard him? No, I did. I don't lie. Oh, come on, don't look did at you me like that. Check the tape. Where did he... Check the tape. Hold on, Mike. When well, he? Well, Seth runs the tape, so we can't check the tape. Um, <laughs> Mike. I mean, Seth. Where did Downtown Bruno manage? Where did he make his fame? Good question. Don't answer, Mike. See I that?
0: Don't... That shows he's a liar. See? Here I'm we not go. a liar. I just knew that he was Downtown Bruno. The guy managed in one place his whole career, right, Mike? One place. One place. Where? WWE? Downtown Bruno. No, he has Harry Wimple and me. He's WWE. Where did Downtown Bruno manage? I'm outing you in front all of all your fans. Uh, all League my fans.
2: All three Federation. of them. Uh, on Twitter, I got people. We love Seth. We love these big baby face <laughs> now. People hate me on my <laughs> Twitter.
0: Where? We'll Where, Seth? Show. He's turning red, Mike. I don't know. Memphis? Good
2: guess, and you're he correct. It. He got it. <laughs> I remember. i wrote up stuff at the wall. Something will stick. Look, now he goes,
0: I remember. No, you don't remember, you bullshit artist. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> on Memphis, I pulled it out of my ass. Memphis came out of my ass. <laughs>
2: All right, anyway, so
1: yeah. Anyway, so- how how great is it that Bobby Heenan is in the number one slot? And uh, you know, I was thinking about this story that he told me. At one point, Bobby Heenan was living in Atlanta, Georgia, and he had to fill out some U.S. government paperwork, and. Under occupation, he had wrestling manager. Now he went up to the woman at the at the government office there, and she said, "Oh, wrestling manager. That's a kind of an interesting occupation that you have. I guess you probably handle bookings <laughs> for your wrestlers." And he said, "No, no, no." He says, "She said, well, I guess you probably handle your wrestlers' travel. You must handle like that. No, no, no." <laughs> she says, "Is it, you, pro- you probably you probably then handle their financial planning." as a wrestling manager. And he said, no. She says, well, what qualifications do you have? And he said, it's very simple. I trip, I distract, and I pass NUX.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: God, that's Bobby. Is, is
1: oh. that him? Oh, man. Trip, distract, and pass NUX. Um, you imagine well, to look on this woman's face.
2: Well, it's it's, um, <sighs> this guy is... Bobby Heenan, I don't even know what to say. Look, I'm Seth. You might not know this, Mike, Mike Tenay, and Bobby are very good friends. You know, and and so I, that's why I think Mike should do more to talking about Bobby. But you know, I remember the first time I met Bobby um, was at the WWE uh, ERF, whatever Hall of Fame, um, the pre-show, and dude, let me tell you something. This this frigging guy sat at a table before we went live. Everybody was dressed in the nines. Everybody had all catered food there. WWE did it right. Everything was set up backstage. I I don't know what town we're in. And he had, it had to be the whole locker room was sitting around a table listening to this guy crack jokes, rip people, tell stories. It wasn't a planned thing. Just all of us were just clamoring to hear Bobby talk about anything. The brand was holding court. Oh, man. And it was everyone, and it was hysterical. It was entertaining. The guy was just simply amazing. I'll never forget it, man. He would just sit around and the boys, he was just sitting around and the boys, everyone was just just clamoring to every word he said.
1: It was great. Well, not only my traveling partner for many years in, in WCW, but. And Taz, I think you probably can relate to this. When you break into the wrestling business and you break in as an outsider, like myself, yeah, the ability for you uh, to become one of the group can be a difficult thing. Yep. What Bobby Heenan did for me in my life, in my career, made things so simple because, and we used this term earlier, because of the rub, um, if people, like you said, the way that they, the mad respect that they have for a Bobby Heenan, if someone like Bobby Heenan takes Mike Taney under his wing... And they sit there and they say, hmm, there must be a reason behind this. It, what, what that does is it amps up my credibility. And I can't tell you on how many occasions that Bobby Heenan would we'd be sitting in, let's just say, catering. And I can re- remember we brought in until Monday night, we brought in a George the Animal Steel and we brought in a Jimmy Snook and, and people like that. And, and he would say to me, said, so do, do you know uh, George Steel? And we, I said, I you know know of him, obviously, but never met him. And he would say to George the Animal Steel, this is Mike Tanay He's one of us. Mm. That stamp of approval, guys, meant so much to me in my career and opened so many doors for me. So, I, you know, that, that's our tribute to, to the yeah. guy number one.
2: And I remember when I introduced you to a couple of the ECW guys that came out to you and I would say, This is my Taney. Avoid him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just the exact opposite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good stuff. You said, uh, Bobby would have popped the. He heard me crack a little joke. But, but, uh, no, he, he. Uh, I, I know I know Seth here's the thing Like all the years Mike Taney and I Were calling Impact Wrestling Together we, Most of it was in Orlando And we had a trailer Where we You know Mike demanded Like his own locker room So they got him a trailer With air conditioning And refrigeration And I bought
1: my own Air conditioning unit Bought my yeah. own refrigerator <laughs> Well some, one of the two of us did
2: Yeah one well, Somebody did that And uh <laughs> And he demanded That the knockouts Dress in the trailer Right next to his True It's, that's it's that's just a whole you ego it. thing But I digress So So what happens is... Mike, today I can't begin to tell you, Seth, how many stories I would hear weekly about Bobby Heenan. I don't remember any of them, but they were. I would just, I loved them. I loved hearing them. It, it, I don't think you, Mike, realize how much you talk about Bobby.
1: Oh, I know I do. I know it's it, to, the, to the point of being ridiculous, but it, it, there's always going to be something, as you know, when you're spending as much time as you know we do together at the event, yeah. and, you know, traveling and the like. There's going to be something that comes up that registers in your head, and you can relate a story to it, and you, it was guaranteed that you were going to get three or four of those Heenan stories a day, I'm sure.
2: Oh, yeah, it was. It was, And I, and I love that every minute of it. Well, I mean, let's discuss. Well, obviously, number one for all three of us is the great Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, let's discuss real quick here, boys, honorable mentions. So I, I'll start here. I'll just basically say, yeah, why not mess the order up? Um, unless you want to start, Mike, what do you think? Well, I can do them real quick here. I've got a couple that I just wanted to
1: throw out there that people may not uh, have even heard of or maybe didn't consider. I'm going to give you one. Wild Red Berry. Wow. This this goes back to the... the, He was a wrestler in the 40s and the 50s, sort of a light heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Wild Red Berry
2: was the manager for Gorilla Monsoon. Wait, Mike, did he manage... Oh, this is... um, I don't want to get out. Did he manage George Cannon at all? I don't know whether he managed
1: Cannon or not. I don't believe that he did.
0: Seth has no idea who we're talking about. I've heard the name Cannon, yeah.
1: Anyway, wild red berry... Uh. Th- think of this. When Gorilla Monsoon started... He was the madman from Manchuria and did not speak, which mm. is amazing. When you fast forward twenty years and he's, you know, the mouthpiece of the of the, of the company in terms of a play by play announcer. Hmm. But ah. Wild Red Berry was was Gorilla Monsoon's uh, manager back in the day. A couple others I just want to mention real quickly.
2: I, but, like, but why 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 can't can I, I have mention some honorable mentions? But I have honorable mentions too. Let do his first. No, because then it's it be like so I'm copying outrageous.
1: him. Mine will be so outrageous <laughs> that okay. you will not have these. I bet you I do. Go real quick. I'm a two two more, and then I'll, then I'll All get go my box. Gentleman Saul Weingroff.
2: You're it, right. You're right. I don't have him. i never heard of him. See? Gentleman Saul Weingroff back
1: in the 60s and the 70s. Think of this. This was the wow. one of the greatest heat magnet managers of all time. Managed the, the German goose-stepping team named the Von Brauners. Mm. And can you imagine the, the the travel, the ability to deal with the Southern fans night after night for twenty years? And this is you know you talk about an area, an era rather, and a territory where oh they believed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, gentleman Saul was known for the cane. One of the first guys to use the cane. Also one of the first managers to throw fire anyway that's Gentleman Saul Weingraf and the last one that I want to mention is Bobby Davis Bobby Davis was the manager for Nature Boy Buddy Rogers Mm, Yes. and the tie in there is I don't know whether many people would know this but Bobby Heenan his real name is Ray Heenan Oh, when when Ray Heenan on. walked into Dick the Bruiser's garage in Indianapolis in 1960, mm, mid-1960s, mid I guess, maybe late 1960s, and Dick the Bruiser told Ray Heenan that he was going to become a wrestling manager that night and that he was going to manage the Assassins, Dick the Bruiser said Ray Heenan Ray Heenan (laughs) I almost thought I was going to go into my I
2: know because I I know the impersonation that's why I started laughing (laughs) you do it all the time Ray
1: Ray Heenan doesn't exactly work for me but the hottest manager in wrestling in that era was Bobby Davis Bobby (laughs) Davis was like I said Buddy Rogers manager Buddy Rogers you know world champion of course and Dick bruiser in his garage in Indianapolis said you are now Bobby Heenan and if if, you think back the years Bobby the brain Heenan how that just rolls off the tongue and now think of Ray Heenan I don't know that it has that same oomph, does it? Uh, I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. Anyway, that's that's my three honorable mentions okay. I wanted to throw out there. I've got some others, but I'm not going to step on any toes. I just want to do it. Why, really why stop
2: now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? You're, all of a sudden, you're nice? Jesus. I got a baby face it on the way out. Oh, my Lord. All right, I got a hump a dink, man. So, I'll have a hump a dink. I think, you know, uh, Hump could have been on this thing. A, a super guy. Mike, did you know Hump? Uh, very,
1: very well. Yeah, and He's He was on my list. I personally, you know... Personal friend of mine for many years. I didn't know it. I didn't yeah, know we, that. we miss him. Used to. Uh Used to spend a lot of time with him, both down in Key West, Florida. He was, uh, you know, a resident of Key West in yep, uh, yep. late in his uh, life, and used to come to the Cauliflower Alley Club shows He's year great. after year. Just lo- love, love, Big Daddy Dink.
2: Oh, uh, he was the man. He was definitely just a super guy. Also, Arnold and I think Arnold, uh, you know, through his WWF days, uh, managing uh, young Bob Backlund and just, Bruno. And Bruno, right? Uh, uh, well, I'm just saying, like, the Backlund thing. see I don't know why. I, For me, it always sticks with him with Backlund. I don't know why. I know, obviously, with Bruno, because I was a Bruno fan. But it just seemed like Backlund needed... Scolin more than Bruno needed. That's a great Skolin. point. Great point. Yeah. That's that's. So as a wrestler, right? I was looking at it that way. You know, I was looking at what, how could it help the wrestler? You know, and again to my point earlier in this episode, that's what it's about most of the times where a manager is incorporated with a wrestler or wrestlers. They need him. You know, which was you know, weird, with a guy like Paul Ellering, because uh, you know, Road Warrior Hawk was one of the best talkers ever. I mean, for his style, you know, where Animal wasn't as good, I would want to think Ellering was there just uh, to help Animal more. You know, I don't know. I, I maybe that was the. And, the and, and think about this: Paul Ellering really did not get involved
1: much of the matches. Of course, the way that they were just such a dominant team and just mowed through people. That's true. Paul Ellering, almost the exact opposite of someone like a Jim Cornette, who was always. Good. To get involved at some point, you know, to to give to turn the tide for his team. What right. do we
2: think? What do we think about uh, Slick guys? We didn't mention Slick. I mean, he, you know, and Josh Sobro, Josh Sobro. Well, you know, he, was, he was the doctor of style. Of course, he was. But I mean, so what do we think? I mean, he's not on this list. None of us have him on the list. I mean, I don't think he had like a longer legacy. I don't think he was looked at as no disrespect for the guy to the guy, but I don't think he's respected as a manager. You know what I mean? Like as maybe because during that 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 carnival-esque era of the WWF, I guess. Everybody had animals and pets with them. I don't, I don't right. know. There were a lot of managers back then.
1: And I, I think what I would do in that slick era, maybe just slightly before him, the person I would add, and I, I'm stepping on people's toes, I'm sure, at this point, I think I might consider Mr. Fuji, too.
2: Well, I, I have Fuji on my honorable mention list. But Me Me Fuji never talked. But I mean, he did talk, but when he talked, it was you could understand it, which made it funny. But
1: think you know? The classic appearances with Morocco. Morocco. On those tw- oh. On those Tuesday
2: Dude, night that stuff was hilarious, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Guys, uh, folks out there who have never Go And go on YouTube Or WWE Network I'm sure And check out Tuesday Night Titans What was it? Dr. Fuji No uh, uh, Oh, the stuff on the beach The stuff on the beach Like the (laughs) With Morocco Morocco Not Morocco Fuji Vice Fuji Vice Vice. That's it The old Miami Vice Did you ever see it, Seth?
0: Check out Fuji Vice A long time ago it's hysterical It's so funny I never missed that I I never missed that show When it was on Seth, do you have any Honorable matches Or are you done? I had Fuji on there Grand Wizard you guys mentioned um, Humperdink I have on here James Mitchell oh wow James Mitchell interesting yep hmm. I actually I know you're gonna think I'm joking but Bill Alfonso used to crack me up and I was a big ECW fan and he's my man Taz we man, man. <laughs> the way he talked and everything he, he cracked me up man. yeah Fonzie.
2: Listen, man, again, a guy who managed me for a long time And it was a big part of And I have him last on my honorable mentors I want to talk about it for a second Fonzie was a big part of me turning heel And, you know, uh, his character And, and Hay- it was Haman's idea to put him with me And I loved that he was putting him with me Because I knew he had heat You know, and, and I needed that I needed that coming off my neck injury So, but Fonzie, like, I, I You know, he, I used him as a crutch Because when I was still learning how to cut promos Fonzie could jump in and blow that friggin' whistle And go crazy and hook the ropes like he's choking out the ropes as I'm wrestling. Let me tell you guys, you two guys, anybody listen to this? I did not know he was doing any of that stuff. He was doing ringside because I was so focused on my match. And honestly, everybody, one of the most popular questions I get asked. Still, how did that whistle not drive you crazy while you were wrestling? You
1: never heard it. I never heard it.
2: I swear to God, I never heard it. I, I that guy could have been blowing a trombone. I wouldn't have heard it, you know. You know, but, but I'm just saying, like, I, I I never heard the whistle
0: until I watch it back on TV. But he was great. Fonzie was great, really funny. And I uh, one more, and you guys might throw a flag on me on this one because he's actually a wrestler. But I want a flag, anyhow. I'm telling you the truth. I, I hear you. I believe you. Don't let none of these other frigging podcasters just. No, me. no, nobody else. can use I want a an flag. orange flag, orange flag, orange and black flag. What do you think, Michael? Orange flag or yellow? I like orange. Not orange. Um. I put Kevin Sullivan down. Really? Because he he, he always had, He led these factions You know And like he, the Varsity Club And, the, and, he had the, and well, him And I with, uh, um The Purple Haze And stuff like that he just, oh, yeah He was the mouthpiece And then the stuff, stuff With King Curtis King Curtis right, right right He mm. was the mouthpiece And he was the leader Of these these factions I know he was the wrestler too But he seemed like Like a Gary Hart type You know where he was dark And, and dreary yes. and, and Kevin and I Are good friends
2: Mike today And Kevin are good friends So I mean Kevin and I Were tag team I think champs together And all this And I love Kev I learned a a lot from him. I don't look at him, no, Seth. I don't get X Mike. I don't look at him as a manager, but I see your point.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think what happens there is your career as a wrestler and as a booker is so strong that it overshadows. I think sometimes, and, and you know, I guess probably in WCW, uh, it was the Dungeon of Doom was his, was, you know, his biggest managing claim to fame. But I, I think it maybe once you're so strong in those other categories, it overshadows you as a manager.
2: All right, well, look, that's our uh, Fantasy Draft Edition Top 10 Managers. I think uh, I think they were pretty solid, boys. A lot of us had the same guys on there. Uh, you know, I mean, um, I think it just shows that there really were, just from our viewpoints, organically we did this, and it seems like we all kind of picked the same guys. So that just shows there's really 10 or 11 top tier managers ever. I I would think that's a fair statement.
1: And and I wonder how many of the other categories that we will do will have that kind of consistency and I probably think that this may be almost, you know, maybe right there at the top in terms of that that kind of consistency of having those same names. I I like what um, Seth just said about Father James Mitchell and I think in that same era that uh, Mitchell just a really, really great mouthpiece. Scott Demore of Team Canada also really, really good mouthpiece in in that era. It didn't have the long longevity as the manager didn't have that you know huge national run
2: okay Mike and, maybe you didn't get the memo we're in the wrap up mode bro
1: and, and Bill, Bill Alfonso too my last my last <laughs> on on that. That. <laughs> well, Bill, Bill, Bill that. Alfonso uh, really a big fan of the wrestling business and so respectful of the business too and just uh, <sighs> so I, I, I like all those honorable mentions
2: and now, I you, can agree, Mike.
1: I now get, you can wrap it up I, 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 you know you know the deal Always he's got to get in the last gotta
2: word go. yeah Seth's got to go he's already disappointed in you Mike for the beginning of the show he's hot at you already <laughs> <laughs> I look that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Fancy Draft Edition. Uh, top 10 managers. Uh, you know, I, I think it was fun. It was a good list uh, uh, between the three of us. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you again for downloading and subscribing. And uh, make sure you go on play.it to check out other great shows here, podcasts throughout uh, the platform. And uh, make sure you check out myself, my stuff, the human podcast machine, uh, dropping uh, dropping shows left and right on your weekly. All right, look, thank you to Seth. The- Professor of Vegas, Professor Mike the today himself. I am Taz. You are not. Goodbye.